everybody. Welcome to another edition of Oh This Podcast. I am your host, Patrick, and we have Steve here as well, right, Steve? Hello, hello. Awesome, awesome. We are here. We are going to be entertaining you today with our number 12 episode. Episode numero doce, I think, is the <laughs> is the, the, proper, yep, yep. the proper Spanish uh, nomenclature for that. Going going back to middle school to uh, dig up that knowledge. Yes, I was like, oh, doce. Eh, I don't know. at least it's not catorce. So, but also number twelve, it's our Michael Jordan episode, and people are thinking, "What is he talking about, Michael Jordan?" Steve, fill everybody in on what the story is. Absolutely, and this isn't a uh, this isn't baseball Michael Jordan or or All Star game or uh, you know random pickup game Michael Jordan. This was a actual number that Michael Jordan wore in a professional NBA basketball game, and you got to go back to the eighty nine ninety season for this and uh, 19, the Bulls. 1990. Yeah, nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety. And the Bulls were on a little road trip down south, and uh, they were in Orlando. And at some point, one way or another, the uh, kind of stories uh, aren't full, fully solid on this, but they, they lost or had the number 23 jersey stolen. The sons um, one, of bitches. One way or another, uh, there was no, you know, Jordan didn't have his jersey for that game. Well, you know, they carry a backup jersey, you know, in case, you know, crazy stuff like this happens. And uh, the choice of, uh, you know, jerseys he had for that particular evening was one. And it was the number 12 jersey with no name on the back. So if you go and check out, you can Google it or uh, whatever, whatever may have you. But uh, there are you know verified pictures and video of Michael Jordan wearing number 12 and with so that, nothing on the back. And so that's why we chose that today. So without further ado, though, let me take in uh, TS off for this episode. If you haven't done so, visit us at ohthispodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on the Facebooks. Um, stop at our Patreon site. Uh, support us on there as well. The more people that we can get, we can get closer to our uh, – Super secret, double secret probation announcement about this grease upcoming. <laughs> the investor is waiting for some other, uh, some more uh, details that we're trying to take and do with that. But without further ado, make sure you take and go and check out all those stuff. But Steve, what's the beer of the week? What are we drinking? Well, this week we are drinking a another fine Chicago beer, and we are jumping into Eugene Porter from Revolution Brewing Company. Uh, one another one of my favorite uh, breweries in Chicago, and it just so happened to be uh, right in my old neighborhood, so uh, that uh, made it quite convenient. Uh, if you ever wanted to uh, go and grab a tasty beverage on a particular evening of the week, um, or daytime, you know, we, we don't uh, we don't discriminate against that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this is a uh, porter, and uh, it's uh, actually named after Eugene V. Debs, who was a uh, union leader. Um, led the Pullman Railroad strike in, uh, I think it was like 1894 or so, uh, somewhere in the late or mid-1890s, uh, I believe it was. But uh, yeah, this is just a uh, you know pretty uh, true-to-style porter. Uh, it's got uh, chocolate malt uh, with a little bit of uh, caramel flavor to it. You get a lot of coffee to it. Um, and it's surprisingly, uh, it's it, it looks like a really heavy beer, but it's not all that heavy. It's, uh, it's pretty medium-bodied. It's not very carbonated. Um, and it comes in at about uh, 6.8%. And uh, on uh, Rate Beer, you've got a 95. And on Beer Advocate, you got it at a 90. So it's a, a solid uh, a solid entry to the, uh, and I think our first porter that we've done so far on the uh, show. So uh, charting a little new territory. Yeah, we've done some stouts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I love how we're getting into some of these, uh, these darker beers in there. So without further ado, I think it's time to... Um, you know, start into segment <laughs> one here, and I think it's great just like to talk about it. We are a beer centric podcast that 
you know, has humor involved in it and all these different things here. But one of the things that we've noticed and well, that is interesting to us is different beer festivals. And I know that one of the topics that we wanted to bring up um, and talk about early on as it's, you know, it is mid-April. It means mm-hmm. that the weather is starting to get nice in the Midwest and the, the trees are bloom and people are actually coming out of their hibernation <laughs> into uh, reacclimate into society. And with that means day drinking patios, but also it means beer festivals. It right, does, Steve? And and especially in the Midwest, it means beer festivals. Yeah, uh, it's it seems as though uh, once uh, March, uh, like mid to late March, rolls around, uh, these things start popping up, and uh, uh, it would not uh, be the Midwest if they're uh, you know with their fine tradition of uh, brewing if there weren't uh, some really good celebrations of beer to uh, be had uh, and. Uh, the, the awesome thing with the, you know, the Midwest is that, uh, you know, regardless of the weather, they wind up putting these events on. Right, right, <laughs> um, right. It is a, uh, a, a pretty crazy notion because I've been to some events uh, in years past where the weather has just been horrendous. You know, it's, it's springtime in Chicago. You could have a 75 degree day or it could be a snowstorm. You right. Just, uh, you know, and, and that could change day by day, too. Uh, it's uh, it's absolutely nuts. Like, like um, so, sand pouring through an hourglass. You never know, but these are the days <laughs> of our lives. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so, let's just hop in and say, like, what are some of the beer festivals that people can look forward to? What are some of the hard ones here? And then we can expand yeah. to just, like, outside of the Midwestern stuff to some of, like, this just the more uh, the national ones that you've been to. Like, because I know you're in California right now, some of there. So let's talk it straight up off the bat. Yeah, yeah so go. kind of going in, I, I kind of run these through in like chronological order for me, um, because every March is when I kind of get into the beer festival mode. Um, and this year, uh, the first uh, the first one up, and it, as is usual, is uh, um, KBS from uh, from uh, uh, Founders Brewing Company up in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And that is their, uh, uh, it's a stout with, uh, you know, we, we did it on, and it's got, uh, you know, coffee and chocolate and it just, you know, tons of uh, bourbon character to it. Um, and that one was kind of one of the wild west, uh, you know, beer events, uh, a few years back, uh, we've gone, uh, they, a lot of these beer events didn't used to be ticketed. Um, you would just kind of go to the, go to the brewery and show up, stand in line and you usually got beer, um, and KBS uh, blew up in popularity, uh, you know, in the, in the, you know, from, I would say, uh, right around 2008 or so, it really started getting ramping up. We started going uh, around 2010, went two years in a row, got no beer. That sucks. And <laughs> um, one time went and uh, we, we would have had the opportunity to get beer, but because it wasn't ticketed, you would just stand in line. Okay. hope yeah and what happened was uh they wound up saying like a ton of people showed up way more than they expected and they thought you know what all right let's just half the allotment and that way more people will get beer a lot of people showed up expecting to buy a case of this beer and only you know you could wound up only being able to buy 12 um now they've evolved they've gone you know into a much more uh <laughs> professional uh if i would call it uh event so they do this thing over like five days or it actually might be, it's actually six days. I think they, they start on a Monday. Um, they send this beer out to all of their different accounts in the town 
and then on so they don't have it on tap at the actual brewery until Saturday when they do a huge a huge party um you know on Saturday where you can get that version and then uh the year the previous year's version and then a bunch of other kind of rarities on tap so they kind of throw a big party but yeah now you have to go buy a ticket and then that lets you go and pick up your bottles on a specific day of that week and then you can you know choose what you do from there they have some different options as far as the number of beers you can buy uh, but yeah it's certainly much more uh, tame and organized at this point than it was uh, just uh, you know five six years ago yeah and so that's one of the midwestern ones that's in michigan so you have to go up to grand rapids for that so that's in yeah, march that's what you've been up there uh, i have been up i have yeah. been up there and they have some great uh like avocado dip and stuff in there. <laughs> they have some good food and stuff the whole weekend was pretty fun because we made a whole michigan brewery tour trip mm-hmm. out of that uh out of going up to get that release so that's that that sets you up with the first little bit of march um yeah. what so that's comes, the first that's yeah, the first what comes one of next the of the of the year the the next one uh which is a little bit changed now um okay and and we're gonna probably talk about this on a, on a future episode so i won't go too far into it but uh the traditionally dark lord day at three floyd's brewing has been the last saturday in april uh this has been the first year that they've moved it um into the middle of may thank goodness because the past two years have been horrendous weather uh not not the fault of uh obviously not the fault of the of three Floyds, but uh they put on a gargantuan party for uh for three for their uh dark lord russian imperial stout one day a year you can get it that's the day uh you pay a bunch of money you go to the, you go to this or this event where there are literally uh thousands of people Jeez. i went in 2011 uh that was or 2010 i'm sorry rather that one was a complete madhouse uh that was again before they had really kind of dialed in the event um uh, they have no true estimate on the number of people there but uh i've seen ranges from like ten thousand to twenty thousand people absolutely crazy uh, for just one beer these are single beer events generally yeah right? and not that everyone there was getting the beer so to speak like because you you had to have tickets in order to actually get the beer but they just let anyone come and hang out which i mean it was awesome to experience, but they have a very limited space and to have that many people in a business park, it was encroaching on other people's property and things like that. Um, but yeah, Dark Lord Day, my personal favorite beer event uh, in, in the springtime. Um, but moving on from there, what ends up happening is that uh, right after Dark Lord Day this year, it ends up being just before you get your tickets, you head up to Madison, you get up very early, you sit outside of one of, I think, six locations and <laughs> you camp yourself out and you pick up some tickets to the Great Taste of the Midwest, which is the best summer beer event. And probably the like not a ton of people go to it. Uh, they, they cap it. It's got a limit of like I would say I think they sell about six thousand tickets, uh, but it's at a gargantuan park right up in Madison that the event's actually in August. But there is a little mini, you know, lead up to it in that in the spring you go out and you have to try and get your tickets. You can also get tickets through a raffle, uh, but really it is a ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody got time. You the only way to guarantee that you get tickets is if you go and sit in line uh, out in front of one of these breweries or beer shops in Madison, and it's a it's a spectacle to see because you have these people that are lined up down a block and around a corner, and then you have people are like what the hell is going on why are all these people sitting outside of this homebrew shop 
and then you realize oh these people are camping out to get tickets for this event and then they're like well oh I, I didn't even know that was a thing it's like people who live in madison don't even don't even all know about this event that's, that's crazy how, that's crazy. It's, it's really crazy um and it's far and away uh i mean the best beer selection you're gonna get it's all breweries from the midwest um everyone brings out their best and heaviest hitting beers um and it's just a five-hour show of just walk up to someone with your glass and say i would like some beer and then they fill it up for you and you walk away and you wind up having a very good time and you drink too much <laughs> and you go to bed at about eight o'clock at night <laughs> now is that one where a pretzel necklace is required upon entry oh man the pretzel necklace thing we uh, can talk about that after we get through all the rest of these events How's no that i mean we got time for pretzel necklaces just just don't that's that's all i need to say don't don't wear a pretzel necklace what that's about the, like a hot pocket pretzel no. necklace <laughs> ingenuity is welcome just don't be the guy with the pretzel necklace <laughs> <laughs> if you got a pretzel belt though that's a different thing that's a different story that that is different yes and <laughs> yeah like i said there there i will i will give credit where credit's due when it comes to ingenuity but uh yeah not a not a fan of the pretzel necklace but if it's a pretzel belt stay away from the pretzel doll <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so so you get that in in may um, and that, that's when you go get your tickets. The event happens in uh, early August, right before kind of school goes back in Madison. So uh, the town is still kind of uh, a little bit more calm, uh, as calm as it can be. But uh, it's an awesome event. Um, then uh, moving moving on, uh, you you kind of uh, get uh, you get into some of these other beer events that aren't necessarily uh, huge uh, as far as like the best beer or anything like that. But, uh, there are a number of like, and you'll see them a lot of times on like Groupon or living social or, you know, any number of things. Like they have a lot of cool events that they put on. Like they do one that goes onto the actually onto the field at soldier field, uh, which is pretty awesome. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And the, the beer there isn't, and I forget the name of it, but it, it's not, uh, not necessarily like the, the coolest event in the world as far as, uh, you know, you're not getting the rare beers and stuff, but, uh, it's definitely worth uh, worth checking out if you're like, hey, I just want to go pop into Soldier Field. Um, but uh, that kind of runs us through the summer and then takes us into the fall, and that's where you get some other well-known ones. Um, in November, especially, you get uh, the Festival of Wooden Barrel Age Beers, um, which is held at UIC, and uh, that University is another really Illinois Chicago. really big event. Um, and they uh, what they end up doing there is uh, all these breweries submit all of their like either sour beers that have been barrel aged or you know stouts and just everything has been uh, you know aged in a barrel at some point in time and it's a, that one's an actual competition where they go through and they you know, people they have a, a panel that rates these beers and then declares a winner they do awards and all this stuff um, really what ends up happening though is that I go and uh, they give you drink tickets that don't necessarily mean anything because some people will ask for the drink tickets. Some people don't. There's technically a limit uh, because of some Illinois state law, but uh, <laughs> it, it's loosely, uh, loosely enforced. We'll, we'll just say that. Uh, and you can, that's another one where you can get some really awesome beer. Um, I would put that kind of next to um, great taste in the Midwest, as far as like how great the beer is there. Um, right. It's a little pricey to get to. Um, it's, and because a lot of it's because it's Ticketmaster, because the the event goes on at UIC, and you have to pay all the additional fees sure, and nonsense sure, sure. to, you know, pay for the facilities and all that. But uh, it's it's cool because it's you know right in Chicago. It's easy enough to get to, um, and they like I said, they do have fantastic beer. And then the last one, last big one, 
another Chicago institution, Goose Island, uh, puts out Bourbon County Stout right around the same time as Fobev. And uh, it's actually, they do it on Black Friday every year. And uh, that one, that is just a, a, almost a, like encapsulates half the state because pretty much any beer store that has any sort of reputation for having craft beer is vying to get that beer and they have a line out in front of it to sell it. Um, there is a jewel that I went to that's in my, uh, the town that my girlfriend grew up in and they got like, I think 12 bottles total of the beer Jeez. and they have like signs out in front. Like if you're here for, if you're here for Bourbon County, you can't line up before this time. You have to be in this order. Like you have to have like, there was all these like crazy requirements in order just to get a bottle. You have to buy two pounds of turkey from the deli counter and <laughs> yeah. this and that and the other thing. Yeah, it, it, I mean, seriously, it might as well have been. Um, but uh, yeah, like and they do a big uh, thing over at uh, their one of their brew pubs. A lot of people go to the uh, Lincoln Park uh, Binnies, which is right next to the uh, Lincoln Park Goose Island mm-hmm. uh, location. People hang out there. Um, get there really early man like it's it's black friday and people line up like during the day on thanksgiving Jeez, that's crazy Uh, for beer and it's it's like it's for beer which i know a lot of people think is crazy it's an awesome beer uh you know it did they've had some infection issues uh uh with with batches but uh by and large i mean it's a it's a world-class uh awesome beer uh but yeah to like be like oh we're ducking out of thanksgiving or maybe they don't you know don't care about thanksgiving but sure like, sure to be lining up at two in the afternoon on thanksgiving to wait literally until the next day when when they open up to start releasing these beers is a little crazy but uh hey i've i've waited out in line overnight for things before i shouldn't be one to judge for sure um <laughs> so the the recap for all of these is basically there were some that were uh single beers there were some that were um, festivals and stuff. Do you recommend mm-hmm. that uh, for people that are trying to attend some of these things? Like, we'll put together a, a blog post like of when to get tickets and when to yeah. do. But like, one of the things that you're probably that to suggest is make a day or a weekend out of these things and go see some of the, not just the brewery you're at right there, oh, but definitely. go to the other stuff. Because like, if you're going to Madison for the great taste, you could just pop down to. You can absolutely just pop down to New Glarus. And check out there, and I know that there's Capital Brewery. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff in Wisconsin. If you go to uh, if you go to uh, KBS, you can go down to Bell's and see their brewery. So it's like when you take and plan these out, you can plan a whole weekend that makes around it for that particular state. And definitely, and that's what a lot of people do. I mean, for Dark Lord Day, people come from all over the country for for this event, and that's people pop in and they might come to Chicago and hang out in Chicago for a few days because Munsters, you know half hour drive away so it's like all right well let's go on a vacation or hell i mean they could go over into indiana or or into uh uh michigan and it's like you can pop over to Greenbush brewing you go to bells right, you right. go to founders like if you really want to you've got other stuff like within you know a two-hour drive of you that you can really go and uh, get some uh, exploration in yeah that's awesome so i think oh <laughs> segment one is done um i love the dj horn yeah the dj horn kind of <laughs> takes and really gets you going i guess you woke up at the at the butt crack of the evening to take and do stuff um but to kind of wrap up that last thing before we head up into the mm-hmm. next segment which you will tease here in a second um we will put together a list of the the dates and stuff like that in a blog post and where to get tickets and all like kind of like best practices and things to know if you're trying to go to any of these um and i know in the future let's talk about some more uh 
beer festivals and stuff nationwide that we've been to. Definitely. So that's going to be a segment coming for us. But Steve, what is segment two about this afternoon? Well, this is a, a, a almost a, uh, you know, it was almost as though we planned this because uh, we're drinking Eugene Porter from Revolution Brewing Company. But uh, I think it's time to, that we, uh, we spend a little time honoring the, the career of a, of a very funny and uh, a, a legendary, legendary Canadian actor. And, uh, you know, right now we want to talk a little bit about Eugene Levy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. Yes. So we figured that Eugene Porter, Eugene Levy, this is the only time that we'll be able to take and get away with this on the name. So we were going to talk about the movies that he's been in, the career, and also like the six degrees of Eugene Levy. So I thought it was great that we decided to take and do this because he's freaking hilarious. I I will always 100% like think of uh, Eugene Levy with American Pie. And then oh, also just yeah, like that's definitely. like the – okay the mer- the like the dad <laughs> role of that and then like i literally just watched best in show last night after recommend your recommendation there and he's got oh, yeah. two left feet and i'm like this guy's crazy <laughs> that is a a tremendous movie and i mean obviously it's uh got most of the people i mean it's all uh spinal tap connections in there oh for uh, sure so i mean the, the mockumentary and they've done several others uh you know along those lines but uh yeah, that movie is uh, it's a something plus Fred Willard and it is is absolutely hysterical, too. So it's like you have two like perfect dad roles there, except for Fred Willard plays a totally like oddball character <laughs> at the end of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love Best in Show, but I, I want to pause and, and you, you were talking about American Pie. I have a fun fact for you and that Eugene Levy is the only person in the american pie franchise to have appeared in every american pie movie and guess what there's not you know just like you know the couple that you saw when you're right there's right, eight right. american pie movies yeah what the <laughs> hell happened because i did not see any of the other ones well it was like there's a varsity team and then there's a jv team that kind of came <laughs> on uh the the second crew like i'm looking at it right now there was like i think the last one that i saw was american wedding in 2003 right so that so to put it into perspective, I think I saw that in the theaters. No, there was another one in the theaters um, in the mid-2000s, I think. Maybe 2003 was the last one I did see. Uh, I can't remember now. I'm blanking, you know, this uh, short-term <laughs> memory loss from playing two Well, it's years. because there's so much awesome in the Eugene Levy it, catalog Eugene that you know, it can be difficult to pick one out of a hat. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> gosh... All I can think about is like that first uh, sex talk he has with Jim, uh, and he's trying to like explain to him about it. It's just perfect. Eugene Levy is my spirit animal for the dad jokes that I want to tell as a growing up like individual. <laughs> he like, definitely like has that you know that dad vibe to it. And I also think the awesome part about that is that he doesn't actually have a name in that movie. His just his his credited role is Jim's dad. Really, Jim's dad? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, there was there was a American reunion in 2012 where he was Jim's dad. Oh, that's that's correct. But yeah, so his his character, Mr. Levinson, is, yeah, is is just Jim's dad. Yeah, I think he's phenomenal. Well, and then also think about it. Like he came out of that traditional SCTV, the Second City stuff, right? Like working with so many good people, and like one of his very very dear friends and uh skit mates was always the the legendary john candy so mm-hmm. i mean it's like you could take and think about this like six degrees of separation you know the six degrees of kevin bacon and all that stuff like if you look at all the movies there 
Eugene Levy was all the American Pie stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So that did uh, what you call it. Uh, I'm blinking. I'm blinking again. Uh, You're having a rough time with Eugene Levy. Jim's dad. No, Jim's dad. Uh, Jason Biggs. There we go. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. my heart's palpitating. I got the vapors <laughs> right now. Um, Jason Biggs. And so I think of Saving Silverman right there. And oh, then yeah. I think of uh, Jack Black. And then you can go into that category of things. But then, like you said, you can go into the, uh, what is it, Michael McKeon and uh, Best in Show. Mm-hmm. And so then that gets into Spinal Tap and those mockumentary style things. And yeah, all the different, like the National Lampoon's stuff. Well, uh, we can go, I can go even to another comedy legend with him because uh, he was in, he's been in like four movies with Steve Martin. Really? He was in, uh, I think it was uh, Father of the Bride, Father of the Bride Part 2, and then uh, Cheaper by the Dozen 2. <laughs> Not the first one. I know. I don't think he made the made the first one. Um, and then there's one other one that he's in, in there with, uh, with Steve Martin. So that's a, I mean... Obviously, Steve Martin's been in plenty of movies, so uh, it's not not that far fetched. But uh, it's like, oh man, like whenever you see like kind of those names, you know, in connection, it's kind of cool to see like trace the origins. I did look at his Kevin Bacon number, and it's not that impressive. It's only two. Oh, two Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not good. Curious George. No, I mean it's pretty damn hard to have a. I mean to have a pretty big Kevin Bacon number anyhow. So he was in dumb and dumber River when yeah, Harry met the Lloyd. bad, yeah, the bad yeah. prequel. I think it was, uh, well the stupid one, the one that they didn't make with the other guys. Right. Right. Um, yeah. yeah he's like a principal in it, right? Yeah, he is principal Collins. It's yeah, just... principal Collins. Yeah, so why, why I know that, uh, <laughs> file that away into things that no one should ever know. Yes, exactly. So, of the movies that you, most people would recognize him from, mm-hmm. which is your favorite role? Um, I think of my favorites, it's it's Jerry Fleck and and Best in Show. Okay, um, just because I don't know the the document or the mockumentary style just kind of tickles my funny bone, and he's just like the perfect like bit of oblivious character, and like like that old like we were talking about the clip of like the two left feet thing. Um, like that clip where he's talking with with his uh, with his girl, and she's like, "Oh, like, tens of guys, uh, hundreds. yeah, she had she had she had dozens of, of boyfriends, yeah, hundreds. Oh, 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 really, hundreds? <laughs> <laughs> like he's just totally like not not all there. And plus, and then the uh, like, there's a another part like where when they do like the the record when they're in the recording studio, re- like recording the different songs of like the entire. <laughs> their terrier mix or whatever the hell it is like jesus christ man like have like all you just want to like hit him in the head like you shouldn't be saying these things but at the same time it's absolutely hysterical and think about it so his wife was uh mrs McAllister. Mm -hmm. so he is kevin McAllister. so he's macaulay calkin's father if we're going to take it like old school and go that way. <laughs> but then also think about this. So if you have that as the rec- like the the linkage there. So Home Alone, uh, the mom, obviously, was <laughs> also part of Second City. I'm blanking on her name. I'm blanking on a lot of things today. It was, That's okay. It was it's a tough Friday. day. It was a tough day. But so uh, Home Alone, the first one, my brother's going to love this that I'm bringing this up too, uh, is so Kevin gets lost. They were in Paris, right? Right. And so they fly back, and she's trying to do the whole planes, trains, automobiles to get back to 
Highland Park or so she gets into somewhere and then runs into John Candy and the Kenosha Kickers and yeah. pile, piles <laughs> back into the back of the U-Haul, which then goes back to Eugene Levy's uh, uh, skitmate in a lot of the different stuff in SCTV. So it's mm-hmm. just like it's just funny how. Uh, and I guess this happens a lot with comedic troops because you see it with Adam Sandler and different things that they do. Um, in terms of like, I'm not, I'm not trying to bring it all into Adam Sandler movies, but like he has the same core group of actors in most of his movies right. that do all these different things. Like, why would Steve Buscemi be in almost every movie? It just it's it's odd to see that, but I think it's good when you have that. Like you see that with the, the lampoons and stuff like that as well. True, it's crazy. It's crazy that Steve Buscemi is like the most accomplished actor out of that group too. <laughs> out of like, the. Out of out of that, like you know, San, you know, being in all the Adam Sandler movies, because like you have what, like Rob Schneider in there, uh, pretty often. Nick Swartzen's been in a few, like later. I, mean, I think ones, they're yeah. all in the same like production company, um, you know that they that they started. But it's like, <laughs> like Steve Buscemi is like got actual acting chops. <laughs> yeah, well, and then that's a lot of the, what it had to do with Fargo and stuff. But I think another one would have been like when John Stewart was in a bunch of the different movies. And oh yeah, I forgot I, about that. Yeah, I'm blanking on get. Why the hell am I blanking? You fill this in. I'll think of the guy's name. It's the guy who is the lead in Grandma's Boy. Uh, oh, I I don't remember his name. Um, but yeah, I I know the exactly limo driver. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the wedding singer. But like they have like the same thing. Like the water boy had like they're everything. I I think ensemble based uh comedy roles just it just makes sense so yeah it, it well i mean you you de- you develop like a rapport there too where you guys like guys can play off one another and uh you know it can definitely make a make a movie that might not be you know as far as writing you know the the high high comedy or whatever but they can make it work you know absolutely but uh the other, uh, so outside, uh, I wouldn't call this a Eugene Levy movie, so to speak, but a Eugene Levy role. Um, and it's one that I actually sent you earlier today because, like, we were talking about cars and stuff. And it's uh, from Vacation, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, the, the first one. Uh, he's the car salesman at the beginning, and he's the one who sells Clark Griswold, the uh, Wagon Queen family truckster. Right. <laughs> Oh, oh but I got the sportster. Like, yeah, I got the uh, what's Antarctic blue sports wagon. <laughs> you didn't get it in sport avocado or sport P or whatever metallic P. Yeah, it, it's absolutely hilarious. Like, so of those roles that you've seen, like of the Eugene Levy type roles, where he's—I mm-hmm. don't think he's ever been the main lead in like one of those movies he's always been like the supporting actor like the male supporting actor who is another one that you can think of that would stand the test of time that you would put up into that in like that comedic role that kind of those similar this one this one is a is an oddball one uh that uh i didn't put put it together that he was in there until after i thought about it because i had i'd only seen this movie one time and I don't know why I saw it one time, but uh, I saw the movie Like Mike with uh, Lil Bow Wow, and, <laughs> and yeah, I forgot that Eugene Levy's in it. <laughs> That's and awesome. he plays. I think I think it's like Frank Bernard or something like that is his character, and I was like, oh shit, like he is in that movie. That movie doesn't stand the test of time. So we're we're I'm going against your. Uh, I'm I'm taking the opposite role of your uh, of your proposal there. But uh, yeah, I was like, holy crap, like I. I think I saw that movie came out in like 2000, 
two maybe or whatever. I mean, Lil Bow Wow was like he had the little he had the little in part front of his. Yeah, name. he was still Lil Bow Wow. He wasn't even he wasn't Bow Wow at that point. Uh, yes, so, he yeah, hasn't that, grown to a full dog at that point. I mean, he was he was yeah. What was that? The premise of that he got like uh, a pair of Michael Jordan's old shoes, and that, it was like Rookie of the Year, but for basketball. Yeah, like Air Bud like, for basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Said he got like an Advantix flea tick shot or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> nope. <laughs> and then he could start shooting for three. What was the one with like Kevin Durant, Thunderstruck or something like that? I don't know. And I'm still, honest, I'm, I, the, your Airbud comment got me. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll put that one as the highlight reel. So it's, it's phenomenal. Like, I don't know. He'll always, Eugene Levy will always 100% be Jim's dad to me because I will always think of the dad jokes. But then, you remember watching Goon? Yeah, oh yeah. Surprisingly, really good movie. Yeah. Uh, at first, when I thought it was straight to DVD, I'm like, "What the hell is this movie?" And for a hockey movie, it also has like you know six degrees of Eugene Levy. It had Stifler as the main character. It, yep, sure did. Um, and Jay Barchel is a great, uh, one of my favorites in terms of just like he's a good comedic actor. But also a writer, like, and he wrote that and produced that. I think on his own dime. And that's it was a surprisingly good movie. Yeah, um, and the second one that's coming out is pretty good too. While while I look for this and see if he's in Goon Two, will you take and uh, tell us another Eugene Levy story you like? Um, I mean, I don't have a ton more than uh, you know what uh, what we've covered. But uh, the the interesting uh, thing with Eugene Levy. Uh, aside from the fact that uh, he's got all the all the uh, comedic connections and stuff, but like he fully admits that he's like he can't like act or like or he can't do like any more serious roles or like any sort of uh, like comedy that's like super hurtful or like cuts people down. Like I found that interesting. He's like, yeah, I can pretty much just do like lowbrow humor and like to have someone like as an actor like be like yeah, this is what I do and be totally comfortable with it. It's like, that's pretty sweet. Like you just, you just know where you fit and you just go and do your thing. Like, that's awesome. I respect that entirely because it's like a lot of people try and go and like branch out and like, you know, take on a more serious role or, or like a serious actor tries to get into comedy and it like a lot of times doesn't work, but it's like, man, if you know what your niche is, like you just stick with it and roll with it. It's like, dude's made a huge career out of it. Yeah. He's been like 60 movies or something. Yeah, I mean, it sucks if you're typecast, but like if you can appreciate that, you know, you're making people will it's it's really hard to take and see like an Adam Sandler drama, you know, right? because people get a like idea of like the fart jokes and all the stuff. And so it makes sense to see Eugene Levy as the comedy, uh, the comedy dad. And, and I do have to say that, yes, he is in Goon 2, the last of the enforcers. <laughs> Darn it. Why does this happen all too soon every single day? Goon 2, lastly, Enforcers, he's in there, so I'm going to see him. In the th- <laughs> uh, wait, it's actually released in Canada already, so we need to drive up to Canada to go see that. The, so. the Canadians get the preferential treatment. It must yeah. be because Eugene Levy is Canadian. I think they're all Canadian. Most of them are uh, <laughs> Canadian who are producing that. So We're just going to assume that it's because of Eugene Levy, though. Absolutely, 100%. So, Steve, last segment, what are we doing? I'm going to fill well, up Patrick, my drink. Patrick, we are... Uh, we're gonna get on, a, get into a little uh, dangerous territory here. One might say that we're getting into a zone of danger. The the danger zone. 
I didn't say that. I said zone of danger. <laughs> because okay. we're going to talk about, uh, uh, you know, something that uh, we dine upon. Uh, we're going to go a little bit back to our, uh, you know, we've had some fast food talk. Um, I guess two of these they would consider fast casual maybe. But uh, we're going to. We're going, yeah, we're going to debate a, a little bit, uh, kind of the the merits and uh, a little history and uh, some choices we might make between these three franchises. And we're talking about Chipotle, Cadoba, and Taco Bell. Ooh, ooh, the holy triumvirate behind Rush. <laughs> you know, it's the Triforce of life right there. And if you literally eat this in the same day, you probably will die. Like one hundred percent. Yeah, don't do that. Then you will seriously be in the danger it, zone if you were it, to do that. It will literally be like you were crossing the streams. One hundred percent. Ghostbusters don't cross the streams. Okay. So I mean, I had Chipotle for lunch one day this week. Uh, one of the what are what are some of the relative uh, kind of merits? What what are the, some of the things that you like out of each one of these franchises? Because uh, you know, I I like Chipotle. Mostly because uh, one, it's they've got you know everything I want as far as my burrito. They really don't have any crazy toppings or anything like that, and uh, it makes my life easy. Cause right, it's like, right, all right, right. I want a. I mean, not that Kidoba can't do this, but it's like they, you know, I go there. It's convenient to me. It's like, hey, chicken, put it in the tortilla, throw some rice, throw a couple beans in there, off you go. Like I don't need any of the other nonsense. Yeah. Uh, so. Going on that off of that, I think it's for me. It goes into a level of where my food is prepared, or where okay. I can see in Chipotle. You see your food being prepared or finally packaged mm-hmm. in front of your eyes, and at Kidoba you see that, but it's not as nice of that preparation there. Like sure. they do some of the other stuff, but at Taco Bell, it's a black box. You never really <laughs> see what's going into it. It's black box programming, input output. You know that you order something, and then something returns for you. So it's not that <laughs> you it's press like, the feeder bar and it brings and, you and, your food. Yeah, and food comes out. I hit it, it goes out. And so like for me, it's uh I would have to classify my orders depending on what type of mood I am in. Sure. If I am in a high class, uh classy upstanding environment for taking and having oh, I'm gonna spill my beer. Uh you know, a nice meal with myself or with another. I would say we would go to the Chipotle, and I know that guac is extra, but I will take and get that as well. They do they still warn you that guac is extra all the time? I don't ever get it. So yeah, all the time it's like it's extra. It's like yeah, I, I had a good week this week. We could put the guac <laughs> on there. So for me, the the difference between the, the preparation of the food that's done in the front of the house restaurants, okay. so Chipotle and Kidoba are it's night and day. I would refuse to go to Kidoba over Chipotle. Okay, and so. The so, reason okay, so is the burritos at Qdoba, every time they come out, are runny. They leak. They leak pico de gallo juice. They leak queso sauce. <laughs> they leak stuff. Every time well, that's I've, the thing. It's like that's a, the, the, the additional topping. Like, that's not something that you have, and that's one of my merits of Qdoba is the fact that not that I get this in my burrito, but their queso is legit. But – I could see where, like, you get you throw that queso in the burrito, you got salsa and some other stuff in there. Like, it's, I le- see that it's thing a leaky burrito, leaky, falling apart. And yeah, that I mean, that defeats the purpose of the burrito, obviously. Exactly. And then, if you're going to a bowl, then why don't you just go to Chipotle and have them load up on extra rice and just not even question that? So, that's where my the thing comes in there. Now, mm-hmm. the next question so I just like could Qdoba is no matter what 100% my third choice of all of those, really 100%. You can't get me to walk into one willingly. 
if the other ones are on the option of the list, okay? So, yeah. So like You could give me, me a $20 Kodoba gift card, and I'd rather pay to go to the other ones. Like, you go to one of the websites and uh, cash it in for, like, you know, $12 of, like, Walmart gift card or something like that. Or- <laughs> Six bucks of Taco Bell <laughs> gift cards? Hell yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, see, like, so for me, like, the first time I had Chipotle was I was in college, and uh, they put one – not far from the dorms. Oh, danger zone. For like my sophomore year. Okay. My freshman year, there was no Chipotle. So we went, there was a Cadoba on, you know, not far from, you know, on the windy streets of DeKalb, Illinois, there was a Cadoba out uh, near one of those shopping centers. And that's where you, if you had to go out and run errands, go grab stuff from Walmart, whatever the case might be, you might run over to Cadoba, grab a, grab some food. Um, and it was like at that point in time, um, I didn't, I didn't have any frame of reference other than like just going to a standard Mexican restaurant. Oh, absolutely. And, and like, I don't get me wrong. I, I like a traditional burrito, but like a lot of times they're covered in different sauces or they have, you know, different things on them. And it's like, like I appreciate the simplicity of the Chipotle and Qdoba approach of like, just throw everything into the tortilla off you go. There's no additional kind of, uh, uh, but like you said, like it's all assembled right there. So you just kind of know what you're getting right up front. But yeah, I mean, I think Kudoba has a couple extra toppings that uh, uh, would be cool to have. But uh, overall, I think quality-wise, um, yeah, I'm a I lean Chipotle over Kudoba. Right, one hundred percent. If we're going that route, if we take do you a- have any do you have any uh, fond oh, stories yes, yes, or absolutely. memories of of the Chipotle? I will say, or, or the Taco Bell, or the Kudoba. Yes, yes, I will say that. Going over to the relative merits of the franchises into mm-hmm. this fond memory and not so fond memories are, are are as follows. Exhibit A is Taco Bell has the massive wild card as it being this magic fire sauce. Oh, yeah. So the fact that it has fire sauce is amazing. Now, Chipotle has Chipotle Tabasco. Amazing. Qdoba right. can suck my big toe because they don't got <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's another reason so fond memories fond moments so i remember a time where i went to chipotle and got a fresh new bottle of chipotle tabasco sauce and emptied about three quarters of a bottle onto my food <laughs> and also kept on going into a plastic to-go cup so i could take it home to reuse because those <laughs> things are like four bucks like so i took it did that uh which kind of dovetails that that was last week everybody yeah yeah it kind of dovetails into my taco bell experience where i would literally get the bag of something to go or something to eat and then have something to go but then go over to the fire sauce thing and just handfuls of fire sauce in the bag for weeks i remember not this past year but the year before we went to taco bell um and it happened to be an anniversary of one more revolution around the sun. So I was in a state of mind that was of epic proportion. And I walked <laughs> into the Taco Bell and the lady was like, how may I help you? And I just said, from what I've been told, I've been, I said six. And then I walked away and then my buddy Brian paid for it. And I woke up the next morning with a pile of substantial pile of dollar bills and Taco Bell fire sauce strewn <laughs> upon my living room floor. And I'm like, this must have been a good night. I don't remember being here. But then another fun moment is a good friend of ours has been uh, 
on TV interviewed by oh, yeah. uh, NBC News here in Chicago about he's a aforementioned Taco Bell expert in the neighborhood about the boozy <laughs> Taco Bell. Hashtag Josh Holot. Way to go, man. Yeah, I totally forgot that he got on there when they opened that place up. My Taco I like Bell, to go there when I'm drunk, man. <laughs> My Taco Bell memory. Uh, or one one good one that I had was, uh, I mean, not entirely Taco Bell's uh, um, doing, but uh, I was on a road trip. Um, this was in 2011, I think it was. Um, and we were going through, actually, you know, we came up through where I live now here in, in Northern California. And actually, we wound up going up the coast a little further and up into Oregon. And uh, we, it was getting, you know, 536 o'clock and we we're kind of driving through a rugged area and it's like all right well it's first first uh point we get to a town let's you know stop and get something to eat and uh we got to grants pass oregon i think it was and there was taco bell we're like shit let's just roll in there and this was before we knew um i mean obviously we knew the five buck box deal was going on and the five buck box is a, a tremendous deal at, at taco bell i, I highly support also uh, the that. taco 12 packs pretty damn good <laughs> that's also also a very good one but uh this was before we knew that Oregon didn't have any uh, sales tax. Uh-oh. So we went in there and they ring up a five buck box and that bad boy was $5 even. <laughs> and that, that was like, Oh, I'm expecting to break out, you know, five thirty-five, five fifty, and uh, you know, get my change out. No slap down the five on the counter, walk away. <laughs> Boom. Just <laughs> pound and go. My cousins were up in Canada uh, several years ago, and they paid with twenty dollars and got more change back in Canadian. Like it was kind of like one of those moments. It's, it seems like there for it. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I see you have uh, uh, wrote down, written down. You you writ a question into our show notes prep, which is interesting. That I'm dying to hear. Uh, I'm dying to hear you ask it right now. It's okay. a third bullet point because I let think- me let me line you up. So here's the scenario. We're going to, we're going to run through two different scenarios. I should say, let's, let's go through number one. Uh, this is a, let's set the, let's set the scene. We'll say this is uh Wednesday afternoon. It's uh 12, 15 PM. Okay. You know, and uh, you're thinking to yourself, man, I just got done with a meeting. It's lunchtime. I need to go out and, you know, get something to eat. And you find, happen to reach down in your pocket and you find, 10 United States dollars in your pocket of legal tender currency, of legal, legal currency for all debts, public and private. And you're going to walk yourself out to a uh, fine establishment. Which one of these three are you going to? And what's your order? Okay. So if I'm sober, because I hopefully at 12, 15, well, it's, it's on Wednesday, Wednesday right afternoon. after your meeting. I, I, I can't verify that, that you know, I, I won't uh, vouch for your work habits, but uh, we'll just say sober. Okay. Well, let's, let's go on that. I would be walking into one of your finest Chipotle restaurants and I would be looking at the person they'd see me coming and I would be most likely getting, and and this is, and listen to the reason why I would get a burrito bowl, chicken, uh, fajita burrito bowl, extra rice. Oh yeah. What rice? White, white or brown rice? Cilantro, lime, white rice, no beans, uh, Pico de gallo, hot, no corn. Ain't nobody got time to spend messing around with that <laughs> corn salsa the rest of the afternoon. Uh, cheese, sour cream, maybe chips and guac on the side. Definitely a large soda, or definitely a soda. Maybe yeah. large, depending on the day. I would go get Mr. Pib, Diet Coke, or maybe some orange. 
That would be okay. that would be the sober. How about how about what you? A, what about if what about guac? Is that going to put you over your ten dollar limit? Well, it usually would be <laughs> chips and guac because it's better. So okay, so yeah. you you go chips and guac rather than getting guac straight up on your on your bowl. Yeah, because you get chips. Okay. <laughs> I I approve of your logic. Yes, <laughs> that's the only so, reason right there. Yeah, so I, I will. Uh, this one's an easy one for me because uh, I just did this on Tuesday afternoon. I wa- wandered down the block uh, about uh, you know three four minute walk. I walked into my local Chipotle restaurant and I got myself a burrito, but with brown rice because that's how I roll. Mm. And then I got black beans because I I find the bean to be very important to that dish. Then I went with chicken. And uh, I, I don't uh, I don't mess around with any of the carnitas or the sofritas. The, the definitely not the sofritas. Uh, I'm I'm chicken or steak, but uh, most most time during the week it's chicken. Then I'm going the medium salsa, the green salsa, because I find it to be the most flavorful of their salsas. Interesting. Um, I like the hot, but uh, you know, let's just say I. I uh, wind up putting too much of it on and then i just don't have a good time well with it, see so. what i do also is i take the chipotle tabasco and i douse right. the thing too so it's yeah it's a I, it's a it's a rumble i like their hot salsa but uh yeah I, I stick with the the medium then i go with uh lettuce cheese that's it no no guac no nothing else no guac ever honestly with uh with their burrito in the burrito conveyance or in the bowl conveyance either way yeah see, but I, 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 I i'm going with uh with uh, actual wrapped burritos lately because uh, I used to do the bowl thing where it's like, you know what? No, I like the traditional burrito. You it's can convenient. ask them for the burrito shell on you the can. side and they'll give yeah, it to you, you so you can have some more of a scooping device. But you know, now it's... it's yeah, it's yeah, like I George mean, Costanza says. It's like ostrich. You eat more of it. <laughs> so let's flip the script now. Okay. Now you've been out on a Friday evening. You've uh, had, a, had a long week at work and you just uh, you know went out to a fine establishment and partook in a few uh a few beverages and you're feeling uh you're feeling loose you're feeling happy now where are you gonna go it's let's say it's everything's still open we'll just say it's not that late um so you've got all three options available to you where are you gonna pop in you got that ten dollar bill burning a hole in your pocket what are you gonna order now I'm gonna 100% go to Taco Bell because I don't have enough class to go to Chipotle, and I will never go to Cadoba at that in that mindset. And with the $10 bills, first off, if I'm not caught, I I would go straight to the hot sauce and just pocket a bunch of fire sauce, 100%, and try to leave. Um, then I would take and go back, and it's interesting because I, I love the Taco Bell, and mm-hmm. surprisingly, it all comes down to. I don't care what meal I get as long as that it has a soft shell taco supreme <laughs> that comes along with it. I could get whatever you want. Like, it so doesn't, why not just order soft like the three soft shell taco meal? I've done that before, but there's some times where it's like, yeah, I kind of want to like two chalupas and then the soft shell taco, <laughs> like just to get the soft shell taco. Um, yeah. So that, sorry if that if you're expecting anything more enlightened than that, but. Like you're, these are like deep existential questions you're taking going with right here. <laughs> um, I don't fuck with Mexican pizzas, not because I don't like no, them. No, I just, wouldn't. That's messy. I don't even know how to say, eat them. The nachos there, I could get better cheese dip somewhere else. Okay. So it's definitely the God. They had those like loaded grillers, the little like uh, dollar thingies, like the yeah. quesarito thing. Crap, uh, that's something new. It's all good. The Doritos Locos tacos are mighty fine. 
Oh yeah, those are those are a tasty treat. Yeah, but the chalupas are pretty good. But literally, it all comes down to if I could get fire sauce and any meal that comes with one taco supreme soft shell, I'll be a happy camper. So, <laughs> and and you you can substitute those. So honestly, basically what you've told me right here is you're going to walk in and it doesn't matter. You could just hand the ten dollar bill to the cashier and say order me something and you'll be happy just yeah. with the one requirement is the soft shell taco has to come. That's why when I went in there and got six, <laughs> I didn't know what I ordered, but I was happy. <laughs> yes. That's, 100%. That, that is fantastic. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to also echo you because I'm going to go to Taco Bell as if I've had uh, enough beverages in my evening, I find that, that, uh, the Taco Bell uh, does a ample job of, uh, giving me the striking the balance that I require at that point in time. And, uh, but for me, I've got a couple specific Taco Bell items that I roll through. If the five buck box is available, I'm getting the five buck box because I like novelty. So that's what I'm going with. It's got a variety of items. Uh, it get, you know, gets me my beverage, everything in a convenient price. And, uh, I can also, uh, get my, uh, get, you know, I like getting the, you know, some stuff on the side, but I always upgrade that taco to the Locos taco, the fiery Locos taco specifically, mm. um, because that one is, is money. Um, but if I'm not going to go with the five buck box, I'm going to go with the number seven, which gets me my chicken quesadilla with one taco upgraded to Locos taco and my beverage on the side, which is gonna probably going to be a bucket of some sort of diet soda, or possibly I do like me every now and again, an orange soda. If they've got one, I will fill that up. Some of the finest orange sodas. I love it. I love it. It's good, like it's man. I feel like completely undignified telling everybody my like deepest secrets in the world, <laughs> but I I ain't ashamed. I'm actually kind of thinking, man, I'm gonna go to Taco Bell right now and get some <laughs> extra couple beers and stuff like here. But like, gosh, oh. and you know, it it comes too soon. I mean, that's what she said, but. It always ends quicker than you think, right, Steve? We're just lining those ones up, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't know what to say other than thank you again for taking and challenging my inner soul and allowing me to bear that taco news for you. I mean, this is what we aim to do on the podcast. You know, we we ask the hard-hitting questions and we get down to, uh, you know, what makes people tick. Yeah, it all comes down to what is the meaning of life. (laughs) <laughs> and how do we take and deal with this? And one thing that we know for sure is we Kidoba can get the fuck out of here 100%. So, Steve, why don't you wrap it up? Tell us what we got going on for uh, this metadata for the show and what we can expect for the next coming few weeks here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, obviously, you want to go check us out at uh, ohthispodcast.com. Uh, you can like our page on Facebook as well. Um, and at the, um, we're also, uh, we got to set up, well, we're on the Twitter now. So uh, you can follow us at, at Oh This Podcast. You can also follow Patrick or I individually. Patrick's at, at P for R1. I'm at, at Steve Hombaker. Um, and you also, uh, you know, give, a, give us a shout out on, uh, get, and check us out on Patreon. You can uh, support the show. Um, you can see uh, some different categories of th- things we've got set up. So uh, yeah, we'd love to, uh, we, we'd love to hear your feedback and uh, you know, we'd love anyone who wants to uh, support the show. So um, and also, we've also been told just now, breaking news, uh, we have our pager service now up and live. So if you want to hit us up on our beeper, we will get back to you at some point in time. Beep. Beep. <laughs> I think that's how it does. It sounds like a moving truck, anything like that. Steve, thank you again for joining us for our very, very special Michael Jordan episode where we got to, to talk about uh, many different topics that were 
dear to our hearts, dear to our minds, and challenged our souls to be better people. Yes, I, think I feel emotionally and intellectually stimulated right now. I'm somewhat stimulated, but not emotionally. Anyway, <laughs> long story short, thank you again for uh, joining us for episode 12. Like Steve said, do all the stuff, and we love you for it. Thank you for all the Instagram love. Until next time, we get to be on episode 13. Ooh. We could go with Dan Marino, but I don't think that's going to be what we're going to do. Uh, no, we're going to find something better. We're going to find something better. I can't think of it. Joe Noah is probably the next one. But, so. <laughs> episode 13 coming up in the next little bit. Um, until then, I'm Steve. I'm Patrick. Peace. We are out. <laughs>